0: Welcome to Level Up Academy, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We are expanding our podcast to business leaders and community experts who are sharing their story and adversity that each one of us experience to inspire and inform our world. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Leland. Before we go to this week's Season 2 episode with Anjani Amrit, and it is such a pleasure to have a conversation with someone who's very authentic in the conversation, uh, very forward in her adversity that she went through, Uh, someone who is an ex-corporate lawyer, very high-performing individual, and how she pivots her career because of what she has gone through getting sick physically mentally exhausted and everything else so i can't wait for you guys to listen to that episode but before we go there i have an announcement uh, like i mentioned before if i haven't i'm going to that we are having at level up academy or lua by doc leland l-u-a-b-y-d-o-c L-E-Y-L-A-N as in Nancy D dot com. That's my website, Lua by Doc If you click on workshops, you will see that we will have free workshops every single month. We are trying to figure out the times because we're living all over the world. Uh, most of us are here in the US, but Shani is going back and forth between India and the UK. She's in the UK right now. She actually is going to hold a workshop on February 8th at 11 a.m. PST. I know it's smack in the middle of your lunch hour, right? But it is a private event. You have to register to get into the workshop. And it is at 11 a.m. PST because she is in London, different time zone. So what is it about? It is about sustainability, the Let's see. Title is creating innovative disruptions using sustainability in your projects. And you're probably wondering, what does that mean? So in today's world of fast paced, highly competitive world, we often face obstacles of high competition, right? We have lack of budget, quiet quitting workers and not enough highly skilled employees. There's also quiet hiring nowadays. But what if there's a way to innovate by integrating sustainability in your projects, right? Wouldn't you want to know how, especially if you're business leaders and you're listening to this conversation and you are somewhere out in the world? Come join us, 11 a.m. PSD on February 8th. TST specific standard time, okay, California time. Now, sustainability has become an increasingly important issue in recent years as the world faces growing challenges such as climate change, depletion of natural resources, and environmental degradation. So in response, organizations today are and communities are seeking innovative solutions to create more sustainable projects that prioritize the long-term health of the planet. This is our planet, ladies and gentlemen, right? And its inhabitants, and that is us. So the solution may range from implementation of renewable energy, energy sources and efficient use of resources, to the development of new technologies and business models that promote sustainability. So by embracing these innovative approaches, we can work towards creating a more sustainable future for all and ishani is about to tell us how to do that right she owns a company sustainer and she has done this work as well in her background is on linkedin if you are not ishani bell i s h a n i b e h l she's a certified instructional designer of e-learning designer just recently finished her masters in education and development specializing on technology at the Institute of Education, IOE, um, and it's a University College of London, right? UCL's Institute of Education is ranked number one in the global QS rankings of education department. Uh, Her thesis was focused on how immersive and interactive learning experiences in higher educational institute can enhance graduate employability. Right. And that is the reason why we're talking about Level Up Academy, because we all are about transferable skills and how you can focus all of what you've learned in the universities or anything to that matter and make sure that you are employable or stay employable. That is what we are all about. All right. So here's Anjani Emirate. Thank you so much for listening and please share. And if you can rate us as well. Have a fantastic day. Bye. Hello, Level Up listeners. Today, I have a special guest. I know, I know, I always say his special guest, but they are all special. They're all different. They're all unique. Today, I'm going to give you, introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Engineer Amrit. Hi there.
0: Hi. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Like go back 20 years from today. Where did you start it? Where are you today? Oh,
1: my goodness. 20 years ago seems like a lifetime. Um, 20 years ago, I was working. I won't say nine to five. It was 22 hour days as a corporate lawyer in one of the top law firms in Australia, having come from the UK and worked in the top law firms there. So from the outside looking in, you say that I had made it, you know, I had the success, I had the money, I had the status, I was flying around the world on with work and uh, working on trillion dollar deals. The truth of it was though, that I was incredibly depressed, very stressed. I had low level constant anxiety, I would have chronic panic attacks at work, I would have to rush to the toilet and sort myself out and then go back to work. And physically, I was pretty much in and out of the hospital at least once a week with um, really bad digestive problems. So, and ultimately, I burnt out. Fast forward to now, I run my own business. I'm a, I call myself a social printer, and I primarily work with leaders and aspiring leaders and emerging leaders, whether they have their own business or whether they um, are running their own they're running a team then that's who I work with and I
0: help them use their positions of power for good. Amazing. I love that journey. Thank you for telling the messy side of humankind. When people always say, you know, it's great to be a lawyer because my my youngest, I want her to be a lawyer. She's like... I don't know, mom, I, I'd rather be an artist. You know, it's just the the polar opposite. They can sing, they can do art, amazing artist, but she's always been argumentative <laughs> and she always wins those conversations. I'm like, I think you'd be good as a lawyer, you know? But you don't really know what kind of toll that will take in your body, you know? Especially if you don't really like feel this is a good thing that you're doing.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, to be honest, I'm I'm not blaming law. It was more, I didn't have any personal skills to deal with the high pressure environment. And so for me, I, I didn't have anywhere to go to. I didn't know what to do. And I find that most leaders are like that because they don't, we're not given any tools for growing ourselves, evolving ourselves, nurturing ourselves, um, upgrading our mind, mental programs, working with our emotions. We don't, we don't get that. Um, at universities we don't get that at schools it's all about the external world and that's great but there's a whole internal life that we don't know about and the higher we go up the chain in terms of an organization or a business the more lonely it gets the more pressure there is and so it's very difficult there comes a tipping point with a lot of leaders who are just not coping well and are Numbing things out, or you know, getting addicted to stuff, uh, using screens—all this that goes on—and um, it's really unspoken, and it needs to be—it needs to be spoken about.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you actually said that. It's so funny that you say you got burnout because last night I literally had a workshop. It's called Stress and Burnout Prevention. And Mm -hmm. I'm not a mental health specialist. I had to grab someone who actually does that for a living in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that I'm talking about it because I see a lot of my students, a couple of them came from the hospital and they had a mental breakdown and they tried to kill themselves twice. And then they call Mm -hmm. me like, I can't do my homework. We just, I just came out from the hospital. I don't know what to say. Yes. I'm stopping my track because I'm afraid if I say something that might trigger something. Right. And I'm like, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that I might say something bad that triggers them, but I'm not mm-hmm. smart enough to know what to say after that. You know what I mean? Like I just, cause I don't have the tools like you said. And so I think Mia actually Zamburano, she does this for a living. And she was talking about people, us, we are so inundated with like, New Year's resolution, we're going to go work out, we're going to do Zumba, we're going to do yoga, we're going to do meditation. It's always been marketed that way. But we Mm. never really talk about our mental health. It's always the physical health that we're talking about. And it should be salt and pepper, right? Like you, you have mental health, you have to have that because that's your capacity. That's your foundation. But people are so afraid to open up because of judgment.
1: Mm. Well, there's historically been a lot of stigma around talking about your mental health, Mm -hmm. especially when you're working, when you're moving into a career or when you're at the top, there's always this stigma around. And so there's a lot being done, I think, with the whole mindset movement that has effectively changed that and made that better. It's still not great, but there has been movement and that's good. And I find that one thing that people aren't talking about yet, and I'm hoping that they will in the future is not just mental fitness but emotional fitness Mm -hmm. and that's emotional intelligence i'm talking about fitness i'm talking about how do you check in with your emotions how do you sit with your emotions how do you process your emotions how do you let them go um and that is very I i don't hear people talking about that and that is another very important piece in the puzzle in terms of us as individuals, as humans, being able to cope with the increasingly ridiculous demands on our time with the age of technology that's here.
0: Yeah, it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's just a matter of like having the right tools to make sure we can pivot where the change is needed, but also the right support of people that's going to get your back and not judge you for for your own weakness because you don't know what you don't know, right? That's yeah. exactly right. What- What traits and skills do you feel are the most important to becoming a leader?
1: I would say having a good moral compass is vital because otherwise you can get drawn into a society that in general will honor money and making a profit over everything else. And so if we have an inherently good moral compass, then we're, we're more likely to do the right thing by ourselves, first and foremost, than by the people we work with. And then finally, by the planet. And we are an ecosystem. And when it all works together and we're when everyone's honoring each other in the place of everything, then it works really well. And on the other side, it doesn't. And that's when we get physically sick, stressed, drained, burned out, because we're not typically honoring ourselves so i would say a good moral compass i think the second thing i would say is being an eternal student so whatever position of power you reach in life being aware that there's always something more to learn and that there's growth potential for you rather than coming from a place of i know everything because then we end up feeling like we have to defend our position whereas if we come at leadership with well, I'm a leader, but I'm also a student and I'm and I'm open to growing, I'm open to feedback, I'm open to you know working on myself, then we really up level our potential that way. And then thirdly, I would say holding the door open for those coming up the ranks and being that support, especially for minorities, um, because you know they don't get the break that non-minority people do. And so it's important mm-hmm. that we're holding the door open and encouraging them and supporting them to come through the ranks it's vital
0: yeah that's why i i'm big on mentorship i just started this business in august unfortunately had too many deaths since august in my family so i kind of just a back burner. I had to re-evaluate life and just be grateful and appreciate that I'm still breathing and I think just the foundation. I shouldn't say just because that's really important to to realize like what you're here for and what I'm doing to change somebody's life hoping, right? Um mm-hmm. so that's my other question to you too like now that you actually t- you know talk about those three and those are super important what does leadership look like to you? Like, how do you approach leading others? Even like having a conversation with probably top-notch leaders that you coach, what are the most things that you coach business leaders on?
1: It's a really great question. It's interesting what i found, what I have found over the you know decade or so that I've been doing this now that I've been mentoring leaders is that they all have the same things in common, the same fears, the same insecurities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my leadership style looks like helping them master their own mindset, helping them master their own emotions, helping them manage the business of themselves is what I call, so that they're working with the fears and insecurities and reframing them so that they understand that they're not alone so that they have you know someone to talk to and share their deepest darkest secrets with and for them to understand that it's not about being perfect it's just about doing the right thing by themselves and being more authentic in their leadership and coming from a more humanistic level rather than i have to put myself at you know a certain level and i can't bring my humanity into work because when they do that and when they let go of their self-doubt and self, you know, lack of self-belief, particularly women, then um, they start to really make a difference and people start to gravitate towards them. Their teams get a massive uplift. Particularly women, I say the biggest common factor for women is their own unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that... there's rampant self-sabotage that goes on for women and at the core of it for most women leaders whether they're successful or not successful in what they're wanting to do is I don't feel good enough and that comes from decades and decades and decades of women having a certain role in life women living at home and so as women have come into the corporate world and into the business world most women still see that they still have a responsibility to deal with the home and deal with the family and take care of all of that. And on top of that, do that, do their work. And so, uh, you know, in work or run a business. And I want to, I wanted to say that it, you you can have everything, but it's not your burden. You can share the burden, you can ask for help and it's important that you believe in yourself um, because you have earned your place at the table women no longer have to earn their place they never did but even more so now we're going an equal and it's important that women understand that and just take their place at the table
0: yeah i'm actually good thing that you just answered that was my next question too about like have you seen a difference in terms of coaching men versus women because i feel like for myself okay i'm using myself i have two kids i have four Well, I had four dogs I married, right? And I have my full-time job teaching and I do part-time plus my business and I'm overdoing myself here. I went back to school to get my second master's. I'm almost done though. Thank goodness. April, I think I'm graduating. So there's a lot of things and, and people, I think you just need to prioritize. But when, when you use big words to a lot of these people and a lot of people who are listening, who's not even in education saying prioritize, how does that look like to you? Like it it looks different to you than to me because I'm intentional on what I need to be doing. But do you have like on your on your coaching with these women? Has it changed before pandemic, during pandemic, or now today? Has it changed because of the pandemic? Is there more pressure?
1: I would say the one thing the change that I have noticed for particularly women who I've been mentoring is their willingness to start to change the status quo in their life because usually they're doing it all and they're putting everyone else first and they were before COVID, putting everyone else first and burning themselves out and then being angry and frustrated at home when the doors are closed, you know, being angry at their kids, resentful that everyone else is having fun and doing what they want in their life and they're not. Before COVID, women in general were wouldn't say happy but they were resigned that that was the role of the woman now through covid they've had time to self-reflect and more and more increasingly women are saying actually no i need to start to put myself somewhere in this equation and so they're much more open to working on that part of themselves and you know they talk about prioritizing but If you don't believe in yourself, you if you have never put yourself first, if you've never done anything for yourself, invested in yourself, um, got a mentor or got a coach, or even taken time out to go to the movies. You know, I had a client this week and she's like, the movies? I don't even remember when. I'm like, this is these basic self-care things. There's no way you're going to prioritize yourself. If someone said to you, oh, just prioritize this, this, and this, you still wouldn't do it because your mental programs are put everyone else first. So we have to rewire our internal settings. That's what's key. That's what changes the external. When we change the internal, our minds, our emotions, and we work on that, then our actions are different because our thoughts directly affect our actions. And that directly reflects reflects the
0: results. Yeah. I'm so big on writing. Uh, I am a visual learner and kinesthetic really mainly, but in order for me to learn, I literally have to physically touch it and see it. So I always have sticky notes like, and I write journals on bullets, like, okay, what I need to do because my brain, I know myself, if I don't write it down, it's not a priority on my list. So literally in there, I'm like yoga. You know, like coffee, walking the dogs because I don't have to think about anything. And I, you know, I would love to leave my phone at home while I'm walking, but I can't because of today's society, you never know when you're walking on the streets. I'm like, oh, so I have to like really be intentional on what I do. But it's hard to be consistent. That's the problem It's the consistency, right? And my daughter's like, mom, why do you have 5 million like journals? I'm like, because I have to have it in every corner just in case I think of something. So that's, that's great that you actually talk about making sure rewiring your brain before we do something else internal first. And a lot of people do external, like, Cosmetics is so rampant everywhere, but the inside is so sad. And you like, you see a lot of people, young, beautiful, talented people killing themselves for what? It's because that inside no one sees but you. And you don't have to be alone to do it. But I think we're so afraid of judgment that we're not doing it. I'm going to pivot a little bit on the conversation about you. Like, have you discovered your purpose in life? I feel like you have.
1: I absolutely have, and I feel really blessed that that has been the case. Was it easy for me to get there? No. Is it easy for many people to get there to their highest purpose? No. Why? Because it requires us to change everything that we think about who we are and what we're here to do in life. So for me, when I turned my back on my corporate career and I went to India, that for me was a deep dive into myself and I did a lot of work on growing myself getting myself mentally and emotionally fit as well as physically and through that process I realized what made me tick what my passions were what I really wanted to do and I and I found myself one day remembering that all I ever wanted to do was help people that's all I ever wanted to do and i think i was so miserable in corporate being a corporate lawyer because i couldn't see where i was helping people i was working on large corporate transactions buying and selling companies and to me that wasn't contributing to the planet or anyone so i realized that and recognized that and then the rest it was a natural process of evolution you know i started to Coach people, mentor people very naturally, and I loved it. And I love every part of what I do in my business. I'm a speaker, I'm an author. I love that because I get to reach people Um, and mentoring and taking people on retreat. You know, away from all all of the distractions, so that they can really focus on themselves. They're very transformative. They make you know people have amazing breakthroughs, and that to me is worth continuing that motivates me beyond everything you know money is money is nice to have you know I'm not saying don't have money but when you do have your purpose and you're aligned with it it's like rocket fuel and then the irony is everything that you need flows into your life because you're on purpose
0: yeah I love it I've done banking insurance sales marketing you name it but i gravitate towards teaching because i feel like it feeds my soul when i when someone tells me i get it dr Leland, thank you so much for doing that i i'm so and then they come back later on i actually have a student i didn't even know we've been <laughs> together for like since 2012 or 2015 and i'm like has it been that long she's like yeah i'm like oh, she's like, yeah, you went through my divorce. You went through my, you know, move. And I'm like, oh, right. I forgot, you know. And so we just keep in contact because to me, the way I see teacher, okay, it doesn't matter how many degrees you have. You're an advanced student. You're still learning. You're really just an advanced student. You just read a little bit more ahead. And now you know something because you can't know everything. Right. And I feel like you're also a teacher really by nature because your experiences in the past is the one that guides you to where you're at right now. And the only way you could speak to this thing and your adversity is because of your past, which is great. So now my question is, do you have a lifetime career goal? And if so, how does that your current career help shape that goal?
1: I would say that my lifetime career goal is to help as many people as I can to stay humble, to keep growing myself and to do things that bring me joy, that bring joy to me, to the people I work with. And that includes being kind to everybody. And I mean everybody who comes into my sphere because without loving kindness, the world doesn't go around us. So that is my lifetime career goal as the you know an overarching goal. There are many things that I want to achieve, but I'm not attached to them. You know, if they come, great. And if they don't, great. Because as long as I'm affecting people, as long as I'm helping people feel better about themselves, achieve more sustainably, give back to the planet, then I know I've played my part. I know I've contributed. And to me, leadership without contribution is meaningless. Mm-hmm. So as long as I just leaders do that, then then i'm happy I, I can go tomorrow and i'm happy
0: what about your career that inspires you
1: i love i actually honestly love everything that i do now so i bring i incorporate my loves of creativity music um spirituality it all is incorporated um into the work that i do so i work with people On a physical level, on a business level, on a mindset level, on an emotional level, and also on a spiritual level. And because I'm bringing all of those elements in, they're all parts of what I love. I play piano and I write, which is what I love. So every part of my business, and I love travel, so I just have retreats at places that I would want to (laughs) go. And so there is not one part of my business now. And it's taken me a while to get there, you know, it's not an overnight thing. But now I've pivoted enough that every element of my business I absolutely love. And people buy your relationship to what you're offering. So when you are loving what you're doing, you naturally become magnetic Mm -hmm. to the very resources and people and money and support that you need. It just you just magnetize it towards you so that to me is the richest gift of blessing that you can have it is do what you love and everything else will come
0: true that is so true now what kind of tips would you provide your colleagues when it comes to business leader like how do you how should you lead today there's so many issues that we have today right I mean look at how many people are getting laid off everywhere especially in the United States the UK is having financial issues like one of my colleagues can't go back she's in India now with her family but she she lives in London because she goes to school there well because of this issue she can't find housing and so like what do you think or what kind of tips would you provide your colleagues when it comes to leadership and making big decisions, right, for the people, not just for themselves?
1: First of all, I'm going to be a little bit controversial here and say you have to stop facing your current reality in order to create something new. Because current reality is it's already been created. It's there. It's done. It's a done deal. But when we face reality, when we watch news and you know we get we get we hear about there's a you know there's a problem here and there's a war there and there's an economic downturn coming, then it's like that those thoughts act like a virus and then we get caught up in that and then we don't we can't hold our own vision. And so it's important that we don't face current reality. And I'm not saying put your head in the clouds, but I'm saying Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on what you want because there is infinite potential. You can have whatever you want. You just have to believe it enough. And the ones that are successful in economic downturns are the ones that truly believe that they can continue helping people and they'll be supported and they will be. And I've had that experience in my business all through. I've gone through three economic crises in my business and every time my business gets an uplift, not a down, because that's what I believe so so being mindful of what your beliefs are and weeding out the beliefs that are unhelpful because our beliefs affect our actions which affect our results so I would say start with looking at spending a bit of time self-reflecting on what beliefs you have that aren't conscious but you have to reflect to look at them that aren't helping you that are limiting your potential and your purpose in life that's really important
0: yeah that's true because sometimes it does influence everything that you make a decision for because of fear the unknown right and that's why it's like having to go in front of everyone my one of my dreams is to have a TED talk. Like, I really want to do TED talks. I've been talking to this guy and and people are like, well, aren't you scared? There's going to be a lot of people. And I'm like, honestly, fear, what is after fear? So you make a mistake. Now what? You're not going to (laughs) die. You know what I mean? Like, I hope they know you're human and you're actually putting yourself out there. But at the same time, you also kind of have like hesitations in your head. You're like, yeah, what if that happens? Right. Because someone puts that in your head. So I like that your idea is like you need to believe in yourself so that you can move forward with what you need to do for the future. Not necessarily what people are influencing and telling you.
1: Yes. Do not listen to anyone who's a negative Nelly around you and don't hang out with them and don't get near them and say thank you very much you know, good luck to you, but I'm not taking your call. I'm not having coffee with you because that's influencing my thoughts and it's not helping me with my own self-esteem. And so, yeah, it's really important that we keep a check on that. And, of course, you're going to be nervous to do your TED Talk, and you will do a TED Talk, and you'll be amazing. We have to, if we want to grow our leadership and ourselves and our effect on the world then we have to be constantly jumping out of planes and i don't mean that physically i mean mm-hmm. if you are not feeling uncomfortable every week doing something then you're not growing and if you're not growing you're stale and if you're stale then your life gets smaller and your fears grow and and override you so jump out of planes as many times as you can at least once a week because it's thrilling, it gets you out of your comfort zone, it grows you, and it builds massive confidence.
0: Yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're just gonna try this new thing. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, we tried it. And my motto, and I always stick with it, is it's either I go big or I go home. That's how I feel. It's like, I could go tomorrow, but I'm if I'm fearful of doing this one thing, then what does that mean to me that I just didn't grow at all for that day, you know? And people, when where I came from and where I grew up and where my background is, it's like you're always told there's so many, so many rules to follow before you can go to a okay. And an Asian family is just so hard. Like there's so many rules, and I'm breaking all the rules possible. I'm a black sheep, um, but. I have one life to live. So I'm going to live it the way I'm doing it. But you're right. You have to have a moral compass. Is it for the better? Is it for the good? Or are you doing it for something else, right? And thank you so much for that. I have a last question, if you don't mind. Um, I belong to NSLS. It's like a national leadership. And they had an interview with His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. He said, change begins within you. Use compassion to change your world and ultimately our world. So how do you hope to change the world?
1: By following that very prescription, because there is so much in that. I've actually met his holiness twice. I've had the pleasure of him holding my hand and talking to me twice. Once out in Uluru, where I, had, I ran a retreat for people and we literally got given his private confidential Um, um, viewing um, platforms where he was going to be, his agenda. So we basically followed him around for a whole week. And what he's saying there is look inside. He's saying work on yourself. He's saying master your mind, master your thoughts, master your emotions. Because then, and then have compassion for yourself while you're doing it. So rather than saying, I feel I'm such an idiot, I'm such a loser, I can't do that. Give yourself some kindness, because only when we create peace within ourself can then we bring peace into the world. If we don't have peace in our households, how do we have peace in the world? It's just not going to be possible. So It all begins and ends with the self. So That's why I said earlier I'm a constant student. I'm constantly looking at to grow and evolve myself I'm not a perfected end product but like you said earlier which is what I love we we can look back and help those along the path where we have stepped a few steps above and that keeps us humble as well so
0: thank you so much for that now if any of my listeners would love to have a conversation with you and maybe collaborate on on your business where can they find you?
1: Yeah, you can find me on my website, which is my name, AnjaniAmrit.com. And I'm on all the socials and LinkedIn. I have a YouTube channel. So reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Um, If you want to call with me, you can put one direct from my website. I'd love to hear from you.
0: Perfect. And where are you located for time purposes?
1: I'm located in Sydney, Australia. I do have a global client base.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure. I love what you're doing. And thank you so much. It's
0: been a privilege. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at level up by Doc lua l-u-a-b-y-d-o-c-l-e-y-l-a-n-d.com it's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon i will see you in my next episode stay connected informed and inspired until next time